TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Darren Dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. Manic Monday lives up to its billing on this Monday, the 25th of February. It is The Scoop Podcast, episode 206. When you think about it in no particular order, just whatever is hitting me, top of my head, go for football, a player, an offensive lineman entering the transfer protocol, which we'll get to. I was over at Target Center on Monday morning talking to Carl Anthony Towns. He has cleared the concussion protocol. Scary, scary ordeal last Thursday on 35W in Minneapolis as he was in a car, a passenger in a car, and a semi hit the car he was a passenger in straight on. It could have been far, far worse. I mean, heck, in his words, which I'll play back to you in just a bit, I mean, he talked about how he easily could have lost his life. Also on the Wolves front, Gorgie Jang back from a personal leave of absence. Robert Covington getting close to returning, but now Jeff Teague banged up yet again. Then I was just with Paul Fenton over the Wilds corporate office at 317 Washington, and he extended Eric Stahl. He traded Mikhail Granlund, came close to making some other moves, also traded Matt Hendricks, friend of the podcast. We'll track down Matt at some point in the near future, the pride of Blaine High School and St. Cloud State. So lots going on. Matt Hendricks going back to Winnipeg, one of his former teams. Speaking of St. Cloud State, we'll start the Scoop podcast with Mike Gibbons, longtime assistant coach. St. Cloud State, your NCHC conference champions. They have a legit chance to win a national championship, one of the best teams in college hockey. And it was a crazy, crazy weekend for that team that Mike chronicled on Twitter, on social media as they traveled back via bus from Omaha. They got caught up in southern Minnesota with just the shenanigans, the crazy shenanigans over the weekend with blizzard-like conditions. It was a tough, tough weekend for many individuals, specifically in southern Minnesota. So let's catch up with Mike on the crazy ordeal that the St. Cloud State hockey team went through on Sunday. Mike, let's just start sequentially. So you guys win on Saturday night. You're thinking you're leaving Omaha on Saturday night, but then was it the bus driver then told you, hey, the roads are really bad. Let's spend the night here in Omaha. We'll leave on Sunday morning. Pick up the story from that moment on Saturday night after the game in Omaha. Yeah, after the game, our our bus driver is always going to err on the side of safety. So he just thought there was no way we were going to get out of town. Let's just stay one more night in the hotel and get an early start. So, uh, which is fine. We enjoyed ourselves. We won the championship, so it was a great night. And then we got up at 7 a.m. and and uh, loaded up the bus and headed back. So we thought, you know, we thought it was going to be blue skies and a, and a clear route. And and I guess the the weather guessers were a little wrong. And and I guess uh, as we started traveling on. Uh, we got to about Highway 60 there on our way to Mankato, and, and one of our coaches was on 511 uh, travel app, and the roads just started getting, uh, shutting down in the weather. The weather wasn't great up until that point, but again, our bus driver was, was really in a, in a good position of safety, and, and they just started shutting down. So we decided uh, to head north, and because the roads were much better up north. That's the indication we got. And, and so we went from... State Highway 60 to County Road 3, uh, which was probably our first error. And uh, and uh, as we headed north, uh, a couple cars came back and said, no, there's eight-foot drifts. There's no way your bus is getting through. So we turned around. But 
uh, again, our, our chief navigators, you know, looked on the app and said, you know, this county road, and any time you go to a three-digit county road is prob- probably not a good decision. Yes. And we head down the county road. We th- thought it would only take a mile, and the road was clear. There was, And when I say road, it was more of a snowmobile trail, really what it was. Mm-hmm. And there was... There was no snow on the on the trail and, and everything looked good but really out of nowhere we just hit a drift and 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 really the snow exploded we we i mean you couldn't it was like uh, there's a huge holler that went up and, and you couldn't see anything and we traveled through a drift uh probably about three bus lengths and uh there's we wow. were just stuck we were not stuck we were on the other side of it and uh, but we noticed that there was an eight to ten foot drift right in front of us. You can see in our Twitter feed that there's like a wall of snow right, and so there's no way we're going forward, and there's no way we're going to go back. And and that's when our our trainer, our, our trainer and the equipment guy Jeremiah Minkle said, "Well, let's, we got sticks and we got thirty bodies. Let's see if we can shovel our way out with hockey <laughs> sticks," which was a great idea on paper. But uh, in the end, uh, we were shoved. They more snow was getting blown in than we were shoveling out so we uh just gave up and said 911 uncle and that's when the real fun began i guess so normally you guys don't fly to omaha i mean in years past you guys have always taken a bus to omaha we always tell our recruits i mean all the hockey teams that are close to us bemidji and duluth and uh north dakota minnesota uh wisconsin even uh, that that's our one long trip that we have to endure and that's about a six and a half hour trip from our campus and uh in good conditions so other than that uh you know st cloud state's flying to uh to denver and to western michigan and alaska and everywhere else so that's our one long trip we didn't quite think it was going to be as long as it was yesterday though and how much of a scramble was it mike to book hotel rooms i mean omaha is a big enough city but was that a bit of a scramble late on saturday to scramble and find hotel rooms no, the uh, the Marriott that we were staying at, they were so friendly and they loved our business, and we just stayed in our same hotel rooms. Worked out great. All right, so you guys, night. yeah, okay, so you guys get stuck in southern Minnesota. Okay, so I mean, there's power on the bus, though, right? So I mean, everybody's got charged cell phones. So who made the nine one one call? Our uh, navigator, um, one of our coaches. So uh, he made the call and and got a stern lecture like well, you're where and why are you there and what were you trying to do and uh and and the, you know the message came back that uh we'll get you when we can we're not sure how soon that's going to be we, we had no idea no time no, no idea what time they're going to be back was going to be hours or or days we had no idea so we're just waiting for for the sheriff or, or the plow to show up and and finally uh after about an hour and a half i would say that the sheriff showed up, which, which didn't help things, because he was—I think—he was angry at our driver and, and our navigator for trying to to make that uh, move. And then, uh, then the plow finally came up, and, and uh, we just followed the big old snow plow back to St. James, which we were about eight miles from St. James. In our picture, we were somewhere between Medelia and St. James, just north of there. So it was about an eight. We couldn't go back because the bus, no way the bus could turn around on the snowmobile trail. So we just followed, we took the long way to St. James and that ended up uh, uh, stopping at the at the, uh, at the jail in, in uh, St. James. I mean, that just adds County to jail. the story, right? That adds to the mystique, Mike, that, that you guys end up at the uh, jail there in St. James, right? Well, we were, we were figuring out a plan. There was no way the sheriff was going to let us go anywhere. 
Uh, so he had us in jail, and we were going to stay either in the jail. Or there were thoughts of uh, opening up the armory and letting us stay there. The jail went to worked out because they didn't. They must have had too many criminals or, or not enough beds. It would have been six to a to a jail cell, uh, <laughs> which would have been interesting. Uh, so we were just going to wait in jail for a little bit. But young boys, being young boys, they were hungry and and it was uh, they needed to eat. So. There were no restaurants open. The McDonald's had just shut down. That was the last remaining restaurant. And so the, the, uh, the sheriff there just said, you know what? Uh, we, we go through this uh, restaurant. They, uh, we'll see if we can get the, get the chef back because I think they had just served their, their noon meals to the, to the inmates. And, and so they bought the, brought the chef back, the hometown restaurant. And we went over there and, and had a prison meal, which was a very good prison meal. I mean, jail meal, not a prison. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, heck, it was a restaurant meal. But what are the chances that the chef? I mean, everything kind of came together there, Mike. Right, that the chef was able to get back to the restaurant, and heck, was able to make a meal for all you guys. The sheriff was outstanding, and and, and so was the the guy at the at the restaurant. He came in, uh, you know, through very very uh, adverse weather conditions to 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 feed a team of hungry guys on a bus. I mean, was there fear? Okay, so. You guys are at the jail. We've seen the picture with with the trophy, the conference trophy, sitting there in the background on on your Twitter feed, and, and many people have picked up on on that photo. Okay, so you guys are given the clearance at what time to go ahead and hit the road and get back to St. Cloud? Well, we hung out at the jail for a while, but then again, we went to the restaurant and we just had a long meal there, just kind of waiting, delaying, trying to figure out what we were going to do, and we we're really up to the sheriff what was going to happen, and, and the sheriff. Finally agreed that we could, you know, follow a snowplow out, and as long as we uh, were 100% safe and taking our time and, and not trying to go through any drifts, uh, we would. Uh, they, he'd allow us to to sneak out of town. So we escaped uh, around seven o'clock and just headed north. And, and the roads uh, got got uh, better as soon as we got near Mankato and, and north of Mankato. They got uh, very good. The cities, we were just amazed because we were fighting so much traffic all the way we had about eight hours uh, after our game just in omaha and we thought the whole country was under weather so it was amazing how what uh, how much how lack of weather in, in the twin cities i mean was there were else in yeah was there any trepidation mike from you from you know coach larson any others to say okay that's great that the sheriff has given us the clearance to hit the road but maybe we should spend the night in st james here on sunday night I think everyone wanted to get home, and uh, you know we have all the trust in the world for in our bus driver. You know, uh, Ron Nyquist. I mean, he's been a longtime Holt employee and all-time St. Cloud bus driver, and he he is never reckless. Never reckless. Always has, has our safety and number one concern. Uh, so we weren't really going to do anything stupid. We were under control. Yeah, we might have got stuck in a snowdrift, but we were safe at all times. Uh, really, under his. Uh, under his care so uh, he was he's always been a safe driver so we we did have all the confidence in the world that he was he was going to get us at least give us a, a, a fighting chance to get home we're talking here mike on on early evening on monday i mean is today normally a practice day did you guys have a normal team day today or was was the schedule thrown off the schedule was thrown off there's we had nothing today we got in so late yesterday and and we had our team building yesterday, so we didn't need any more team building today. So 
uh, we'll, we'll get ready for Western Michigan on, on Tuesday tomorrow. I mean, I suppose that's the beautiful thing now. I mean, heck, I mean, you guys are at the end of the season, so there's been a lot of team building, team bonding throughout the year. But when talking about team bonding, I mean, heck, this was the ultimate, right? It was, it was outstanding. It was an adventure. Uh, it was kind of fun. And adventures are kind of fun, just like climbing Mount Everest. I suppose this is kind of fun, I bet. That, that would be an ultimate adventure. And, and it, was, it wasn't quite climbing Everest, but it was an adventure that we all shared together. And, and everyone had a great attitude uh, throughout. No one was complaining, like, let's get home. Uh, we have an outstanding group of, of young men that uh, always have a positive outlook on what's going on. And, and a little adversity is, is good for a hockey team. And, uh, and a little adventure is always fun. So I think, uh, you know, we had just won a, a championship that we, we worked so hard for all year that I think our team just enjoyed spending time with each other, even though, you know, 14 hours on a bus is probably uh, probably a little too long. But uh, we, we we just made the best of it. Second straight year winning the conference championship. I mean, on the ice, I mean, how how hard is that? I mean, you know better than anyone how challenging the NCHC is. I mean, how big of an accomplishment is this for you guys, Mike, to repeat as conference champions? Well, not only repeat, but, you know, three weeks to go in the season, you know, uh, with four whole games left to go, we wrapped up the conference championship. So we're very proud of our team, and we worked hard for that. And we have a special group of guys. And But we also know that the conference is just one step, and, and everyone's going to tell you we're looking for uh, past that. But uh, make no doubt that uh, that's a tremendous accomplishment for any program Yeah. Uh, to win a league championship, much less the NCHC, where you have some of the best teams in college hockey. Uh, we're very proud of, our, of accomplishing that 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 uh, trophy. How much does the way last year ended motivate you, motivate the team? I think it motivates us uh, from our very core. Uh, anytime a team is devastated with a with a just a devastating loss, that's a powerful thing for anybody. And we don't want to feel that way again. And and the, the uh, college hockey is so competitive. And you know the sounds of a 16 seed like last year, Air Force beating a one seed, sounds like it's a, a basketball miracle. But anybody in hockey knows that a 16 seed is a is a very good hockey team. So uh, it's it's very tough challenge year in and year out. So uh, if we were happen to get a number one seed where we're at right now. We know that we're going to play a really good hockey team, and there's going to, we're going to take nothing for granted. Just because we were devastated last year doesn't mean automatically we're going to get through that. We we know the challenge of winning any NCAA tournament game, and, uh, but no doubt uh, that pain from last year motivated motivated our players. Just like our captain Jimmy Shelf, he came back really for in a lot of different interviews. He's talking about, hey, this is his last chance for him to lead St. Cloud State to to our first ever national championship. And that's fueled uh, Jimmy Schultz, and, and Jimmy Schultz fuels our team. I mean, Jimmy, I mean, Ryan Paling, I mean, you have you have some legitimate star power on your roster, don't you? We do. We have some good hockey players, you know, but I really think the strength of our team is the character of our team. We have, it starts with Jimmy Schultz, but we have guys that when you coach a long time, if you have one guy like Jimmy Schultz, you're just thankful for to the hockey gods for, for being able to coach a guy like that. But, you know, our, our coaches, our players, we could go through and there's so many outstanding individuals. Everyone is. I mean, there's, there's just some that are right at the top of the list. The others are just really good kids and really competitive 
champion. So we, the strength of our team, even more than talent, is the character of our team and the personality of our team, starting with Jimmy Schultz. How much, Mike, do you still keep in contact with Bob Motzko? Well, it's it's a competitive world now. As you know, the Huskies dislike golfers by, by birth. Uh, but uh, Bob is a good friend and, and, uh, and obviously a, a good friend of, of St. Cloud State Hockey. He's, he's one of us. But we're very proud of him getting that job. And uh, we stay in contact. Uh, he tracks me down every time in a rink, and, and he loves to get caught up. But I think the Gophers are very fortunate to have Bob Moscow as their head guy, and, and it's going to be a process. He's a builder. He, he's going to do the same thing for Minnesota. Uh, he's going to bring Minnesota championships, I guarantee it. I'll let you go after oh, this, please. Mike. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, I think – I don't want to – Yeah. National championship this year, but, you know, the, he – He's going to uh, – having a really good Minnesota team is very good for St. Cloud State hockey. Sure. I mean, robberies. you're right. And he just needs some time, right? Like, he's already kicking some serious ass on, on the recruiting trail. And, I mean, you know as well as anyone what kind of recruiter he is. So, you know, I mean, any Gophers yep. fan that's that's contemplating jumping off the bandwagon, I mean, my advice, and you would know this better than anybody, would be give it some time, right? Like, Bob just needs a little bit of time to build it up here. He's a builder. He's going to build them up, and he's got a terrific class coming in. He brought some good players in in uh, in, a, in a couple months before uh, uh, the season started last year. So, uh, go for go for fans are in are in good hands for that staff. I'll let you go after this, Mike. Your days going back to being a high school coach at where Eastview. Do you miss this Eastview. time of the year? Yeah, I mean, do you miss this time of the year where, where things start ramping up, the section semifinals, you know, if you're lucky enough to play in a section final and have a chance to play for the right to go to the X in the state tournament? Absolutely. I think anyone that's played in that tournament or coached in that tournament or even been a fan of that tournament, this time of year is just special around the state of Minnesota. I don't know if there's any hockey in our in, in our country that mat- matches the passion of our fans and the players I mean, look at the celebrations, uh, you know, the overtime wins. and uh, It's just so special to, to see hockey played at, at a passion level. Hockey is such a great sport when it's played with passion. I mean, just look at the uh, how much better the Stanley Cup is than a regular season. And I don't think it gets any more passion than high school hockey in the state of Minnesota. That state tournament fuels kids to play. They all want to get there. So, yeah. This time of year, it's automatic. And it's kind of fun in college hockey because everyone's going to watch the Wednesdays and Thursdays games at the state tournament. And everyone's, everyone's giving guys a hard time. Well, how far did you go? And, uh, you know, how many tournaments did you get to? And you got to none. Once you, you know, if you didn't make it to a state tournament, you're going to get, uh, you're going to get uh, ribbed in a, in a college hockey uh, locker room. So it just makes it an awful lot of fun. Mike, I appreciate the time. I know I speak for many. I'm glad that you, that your team, that everybody is safe and sound back in St. Cloud and certainly make a deep run through March and into April. Let's get a team from Minnesota win another national championship. That would be great. And certainly we'd love to see our Huskies there. It's it's a dream for us right now. That was St. Cloud State assistant coach Mike Gibbons. 12 years as a Huskies assistant coach previously. Was the head coach at Eastview High School. He's coached in the pros. He's coached in college. He's coached in high school. Long-time fixture when it comes to Minnesota hockey. Mike Gibbons on just a crazy, crazy 24 to 36-hour stretch for the St. Cloud State hockey team as they made the bus ride back from Omaha Sunday morning. Throughout the whole day Sunday, caught up in the blizzard in southern Minnesota, then 
and eventually making it back to campus late on Sunday night. Let's continue the hockey theme. Heck, there's a St. Cloud State hook to this one. I was over at Blaine High School's practice on Friday, catching up with Bryce Brodzinski, a one-time St. Cloud State Husky commit. But then Bob Motzko took the Gophers job. He flipped his commitment to the University of Minnesota. He's a Mr. Hockey finalist. He is draft eligible, so there's a chance he gets drafted in June. One of the top scorers in the state of Minnesota for one of the top teams. Blaine is in the top five. They will play a really good team, though, on Thursday in the section championship. They will play Maple Grove, who's ranked in the top ten. So both those teams, championship-worthy and Blaine trying to get back to state after not making it to state the last couple of years. So anyway, I caught up with Bryce Brodzinski on his relationship with Motsko, on Blaine, on the run that they're going through. This was taped on Friday before the game against Centennial, section semifinal that Blaine won on Saturday 5 to nothing. Brodzinski had a couple goals in that game. So you'll hear me reference the game against Centennial. That was because I talked to Bryce again on Friday at the Schwann's Super Rink. They were practicing on the Olympic-size ice because they played Centennial on Olympic-size ice. They now will go back to conventional ice at Aldrich on Thursday when they play Maple Grove for a section championship and the right to go to state. Anyway, here's my conversation with Bryce Brodzinski. Bryce, as you head into tomorrow, section semifinals, and presumably, hopefully beyond there, do you feel like your team is peaking, that you're playing your best hockey right now? Yeah, I mean, we definitely been playing good um you know we're coming on like a 13 game win streak i think it was coming into the uh section so uh, i definitely think that we're performing to the best of our ability so it's been fun actually 14 and now it's a 15 game winning streak it's crazy it's a lot of fun with these guys this year i mean do you remember the last time you guys lost i i actually don't i think maybe what was it duluth east we tied or something like that that was the last time i don't i don't remember winning but um you know every game we've performed um you know beaten uh and over eight to two was really the kickstart to our um you know our push this entire year so that was fun what makes you guys so good uh, just the chemistry that we all have everybody's best friends and um talking in the locker room and um being at the rink together every day is a lot of fun You've never played in a state tournament. I'm sure you've dreamed about playing in a state tournament. What would it mean to you to make it to state? Uh, It means a lot. Um, You know, all my brothers have been there. So, uh, you know, just trying to keep the family tradition alive and uh, make it to the state tournament will be a lot of fun. Is it hard, though, to keep the laser focus of, okay, we have Centennial, then potentially Maple Grove next week in the section finals, that you can't drift too far ahead to two weeks from now at the X? Uh, yeah, obviously, because, um, you know, Centennial, they took us to overtime. So, uh, you know, we can't take any team lightly. And uh, going forward every single day, we got to keep it uh, our best. But big picture, I mean, you guys have played a lot of the best teams in the state. You are one of the best teams. Do you feel like that you stack up with everybody in the state, that you guys have a legit chance to, to hoist a state championship trophy? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I believe that, you know, we're one of the top three teams in the state. And, uh, you know, we can go one-on-one with uh, basically anybody in the state. How has life changed since you, I guess, changed your commitment to the University of Minnesota? Uh, you know, it's opened a lot of doors, um, whether it's, you know, because that program's had a lot of guys that have gone to the NHL. It's opened up a lot of people that have, uh, you know, noticed me and, um, you know, the people that I play with getting a lot of looks, too. So it's been, it's been really good. Speaking of looks, I mean, are you getting some looks? Are you draft eligible? Yeah, I'm, that is my second year of draft eligibility. So, I mean, are you even getting some NHL looks at this point? 
Yeah, a little bit, but, um, you know, just trying to keep it focused on, you know, where I'm playing and um, not look too far is a good thing for me. What's your relationship with Coach Motzko? I mean, presumably you committed to St. Cloud when he was still there. So when he took the Gophers job, was that the easy transition then because you love Coach Motzko so much that you wanted to follow him to Minnesota? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, back when Johnny played at St. Cloud for him, um, you know, I was a little young kid and I would go down to the locker room and I would talk to him and, uh, you know, he played with my dad and, uh, you know, he's been super close with our family. So, you know, he's basically, you know, a family member to me and uh, just knowing him my whole life really helped a lot. What does it mean to carry your last name, your family's tradition onto the ice that you're the last member of of at least Blaine High School's team with the with the last name Brodzinski? Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of pressure, but, um, you know, you got a lot of uh, pathway that, um, you know, have been carved for me already. So, um, you know, a lot of people look up to me the way I looked up to my brother. So it's been good so far. How much do you lean on your brothers and your dad for advice? Uh, a lot. I mean, everything I've learned has been from them, and um, everything I'm still learning is coming from them. So it's been good. From Blaine High School, Mr. Hockey finalist, future gopher Bryce Brodzinski the youngest of the Brodzinski brothers. There's four of them. All four will have or have played Division I hockey. Oldest brother Johnny right now in the NHL with the Los Angeles Kings. All right, let's continue the hockey theme. I just got done meeting with Paul Fenton, Eric Stahl, signing a contract extension two years, average annual value $3.25 million. The Bruins, some other teams had some interest in Stahl, but he had the 10-team limited no-trade clause, and Stahl through his agent, made it known to the wild, hey, I don't need to cash out this summer. I love it here. My family loves it here. You have a need for a centerman. You still need some center depth. I would like to be back with the wild. Let's make this happen. So talks picked up in the last few days. Stall making it well known that he wanted to be here. Bruce Boudreaux making it well known to management that he wanted Eric Stahl here. So it's a marriage that was almost inevitable, and it came to fruition late on Monday afternoon with Eric Stahl agreeing to a contract extension. There were some teams in on Jason Zucker. Vegas, Carolina, I heard the Islanders kicked the tires on Zucker. Toronto was making a bunch of calls. Toronto had some interest in Charlie Coyle, but I do wonder if Fenton will revisit the Zucker talks come this summer. I don't sense that he is married to having Jason Zucker long-term. I think there is more change coming this summer. Also had a member of the Wild tell me on Monday morning that he wouldn't be surprised if later on on Monday that five trades happened. Now we saw two, Granlund and Hendricks, but there were a lot of things going on, a lot of stuff up in the air. So I think that will carry into the summer. So stay tuned for what should be a very busy summer on the wild front. I'll get some notes out of the way. The word is Everson Griffin and Kyle Rudolph are not open to restructuring their contracts. If the Vikings want, they can cut the cord. No dead money on Rudolph. The dead money on Griffin is pretty minimal. So they can create all sorts of cap space if they release both, or maybe they can find a trade partner for one or both. But Buzz is neither is willing to restructure their contract, which is a little surprising on Kyle Rudolph. Now the Buzz, heck, on this podcast, the last couple has been, hey, it won't be easy. And maybe the Vikings still revisit that, that, hey, they know that Kyle Rudolph loves it here. He's a fixture in the community that maybe they can find a happy medium. But the buzz right now on February 25th is that Rudolph is not open to a restructure. You can pay him, keep him, pay him the seven and change that he's owed. Hey, Everson Griffin would love to stay with the Vikings, pay him the 10 and change that he is owed. But that those two are not open right now to restructuring. It still looks like Andrew Sandejo at what, a team option of – 
many millions is a very easy cap casualty that they can create some space by letting go Andrew Sendejo. And they're kicking around all sorts of things. Adam Thielen, they'll meet with Adam Thielen's agent this week in Indianapolis looking to extend his contract so they could actually free up some space, guarantee him some more money long-term, but free up some space immediately. So they will do some cat maneuvering, cat massaging. It is coming, but I'm just telling you, on Griffin, on Rudolph, don't expect either, at least right now, to restructure their contracts. Although I'm telling you, I do wonder on Rudolph specifically if in the end, because he loves it here so much, if he budges somewhat. But I'm just telling you, it will not be easy. A busy week coming up for the Vikings in Indianapolis at the Combine. I'll potentially have some more on the Vikings in episode 207 on Friday. Jack York, Gophers backup offensive lineman, has entered the transfer protocol Grant Sherfield, point guard, former UCLA commit, will visit the Gophers men's basketball team for the Purdue game. March 3rd, March 4th, March 5th. He just got done visiting Wichita State. He's from Wichita. The team he's playing for now is the team that Kyle Lindstead, who's in his first year on Richard Pitino's staff, used to coach. So that's the connection, the Lindstead connection to Sherfield, who's a top 105, 110 player in the class of 2019. You think about the need at point guard, although Marcus Carr, the Pittsburgh transfer, will be eligible next year. But, heck, you need multiple guards that can really handle the ball, run an offense. So how nice of an addition would Grant Sherfield be? But he just got done visiting Wichita State. He'll visit Wake Forest. He'll visit likely Purdue. Mississippi is in the mix, so it's not just the Gophers, and the Gophers are not getting the final visit for Sherfield, unfortunately, but hopefully it'll be a raucous atmosphere senior night for Jordan Murphy, others as well, but Jordan Murphy, one of the all-time great players in Gophers history, so it should be a rockin' Williams Arena for his visit for the Purdue game coming up here in just, what, nine or ten days. Lots of chatter on podcasts, on talk radio, on message boards, on social media about the future of Richard Pitino. Does he get a seventh year, or do the Gophers buy him out for nearly $3 million. It's like $2.7 million if the Gophers want to buy out Richard Pitino. But it's not just that. Then to bring in a good coach, you need to pay that coach good money. If you're bringing in a standing head coach, you might need to buy that coach out of his contract. Here's what I will say on that situation. I will pass along a text I got from an agent, a prominent agent who represents a coach who would make logical sense. Like if you were putting together a short list of potential replacements for Richard Pitino, this agent represents one of the guys that would be on that list. Just top of your head, if you were making a list, no doubt in my mind that this guy would be on that list. Here is what this agent told me when I asked, hey, what are you hearing on the future of one Richard Pitino? I've heard it both ways. Lately, I've heard he will stay, but hard to say for sure. There is a sense that Mark Coyle eventually wants to bring in his own candidate. Now, Mark Coyle has a really close relationship with Patino. I think Coyle will let this thing play out. Maybe the Gophers shock us. Heck, they should win Thursday at Northwestern, but maybe they shock us. Maybe they win at Maryland, or they beat Purdue at Williams Arena. Heck, two more wins, and you have a nice victory over Purdue or Maryland. Heck, they can beat Purdue at Williams Arena. I don't think that would shock any of us. So maybe they win two out of their three remaining games. Then maybe they win a game or two in Chicago. Then they get into the NCAA tournament. Heck, maybe they shock us if they get in. Maybe they even win a game, match the win total, the big dance win total of one going back to 1997. So, so much can still happen. Would I personally bet on them making any sort of run? Maybe. I mean, I think they should win Thursday. They should win at Northwestern and they can beat Purdue at home. Do I think they win at Maryland? 
Probably not, and heck, I get it. The Purdue game is probably a toss-up. Then you get to Chicago. Depending on matchups, could they win a game in Chicago at the Big Ten tournament? Yeah, they could win a game. And I'm telling you, there are going to be some teams that make the NCAA tournament that have questionable resumes. It is a weak bubble this year. They need to fill it with enough teams. So maybe the Gophers have a chance if they get in, would Coyle look at it and say, hey, I really enjoy Richard Pitino, which he does. Hey, I'll give him another year. Let's see what he can do. He's got some opportunities to bring in some spring transfers, some spring recruits. Let's see what he can do with those guys. He'll have Marcus Carr next year. He'll have the Vandy transfer. Hey, look at Gabe Kausher, his development this year. Look at Daniel Oturu, his development this year. Amir Coffey, yeah, he's taking a step back this year, but maybe as a senior next year, he can bring it, bring it at a higher level, more consistent level. So there is something there to work with. So I just, I think it's up in the air. Do I think Mark Coyle has his own personal shortlist? I do. I really do believe that. But do I think that Coyle is on the cusp of cutting the cord with Richard Pitino? I don't. I think Coyle absolutely is going to let this season play out. So that will continue to be a talker here on the Scoop podcast the next few weeks. On the Wolves, Robert Covington not playing Monday night against Sacramento. Jeff Teague out Monday night against Sacramento. Injured his knee in the Milwaukee game on Saturday. But on Covington specifically, out what, since December, late December, got hurt in that game in New Orleans. I hear that there's a decent chance that Covington will be back from that bone bruise. He's been out now six, seven, eight weeks. I hear that there's a decent chance that Covington is back before the week is over. And if it's not the end of this week or middle of this week, he is very, very close. He keeps making more and more progress. I'm just telling you, Robert Covington will be back sooner rather than later. The Wolves also not open to buying out any guy, so no traction on buying out Anthony Tolliver or Taj Gibson or anyone else. They are still making a run for a playoff spot. Carl Anthony Towns is back. He got into a serious situation on Thursday. The car he was a passenger in was rear-ended by a semi. Here is the statement from the state patrol. So this was last Thursday as Towns was a passenger in the car of the Wolves assistant strength and conditioning coach. They were driving to the airport to catch the flight to New York. The Wolves, of course, played in New York on Friday. So they're on 35W heading south toward the airport. And this is where I pick up the statement from the state patrol. They will tell you where the specific accident happened and some other details. So here's the statement. I'm reading it from the state patrol. Around 1.30 on February 21st, the state patrol responded to a minor injury crash southbound I-35W at 38th Street in the city of Minneapolis. A 2018 Hyundai Santa Fe driven by Kurt Joseph of Morganville, New Jersey, was slowing for traffic when it was rear-ended by a 2007 international semi-truck and trailer driven by Michael Arndt, 51, of Janesville, Minnesota. A passenger in the Santa Fe, Carl Anthony Towns, 23 years old, complained of minor injury but declined medical attention on scene. All parties involved were wearing seatbelts, and alcohol is not suspected to be a factor. The incident is still under investigation so scary scary ordeal for carl anthony towns for the wolf strength and conditioning coach assistant strength and conditioning coach curtis joseph to be rear-ended could you imagine looking in your rearview mirror seeing a semi-truck fast approaching about to hit you my gosh anyway i was there on monday morning when carl anthony towns met with reporters here is his session with a few of us so you hear my voice mixed in but others asked questions as well this is something i'm not used to you know i've never been used to missing a game i've never been used to uh 
um, not being able to be available for my teammates. Um, the the good thing is I, I've had experience in my career where I wasn't able I was able to play, but you know wasn't as talented as my other teammates, and I was too young. So I've been able to sit on the bench and understand how to be a great cheerleader. So uh, and how important it is to be that person for the team. So uh, I just tried to do that. You know, uh, you know it's been a it's been a blessed three days. I mean, you know, just to be here talking to y'all and being able to do what I'm doing is a is a blessing. So uh, you know accident could have went I would say I had five percent of chance of making it out alive I hit the five percent mark and then I'll say four percent was to be seriously injured and one percent was to be minorly injured and I came out in the one percent so it's not bad I mean you really think that I mean is that semi hit I mean you thought you saw your life kind of flash before your eyes there Nah, it happened too quick I didn't know what the hell hit me so I was kind of like confused but um it was simple I mean we we car in front of us stopped to uh react to an accident that just occurred in front of him we stopped uh and we stopped not hard but you know gradually and a little more than gradual but and then we came to more of a hard stop and we stopped and i looked at our trainer kurt who i'm glad is safe as well and looked at him and complained about the car in front of us stopping so hard and uh i didn't realize what he said until after that he was saying oh, the truck is not slowing down behind us so he was real stone-faced <laughs> looking at me so uh, at the rearview mirror, so I didn't know what he was talking about. I kept talking about the car in front of us, and next thing you know, we got hit. It happened so quick, so um, you know, I'm just glad, glad uh, everyone's safe in accidents, uh, everyone's alive. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, it could have been much worse. You know, and in all honesty, probably should not have uh, made it out like I did, but uh, glad I did. So the truck was going essentially at highway speed, just hadn't really noticed what was going on, or was it breaking when it hit you? It was going reasonable. So, uh, um, you know, if I if I had to make a guess, I'd say probably, mm, I'd say like thirty five to forty five. Mm-hmm. You know, probably in that range. So it was it was moving. And, you guys uh, were both in front. And we were right? dead, dead. We're at a dead stop. So right. usually, I think it counts as times two because you're at a dead stop. But we, uh, it was it was it was pretty cool. It was pretty gnarly. I ain't gonna lie. But. Uh, um, like I said, I'm just blessed, you know, I, you never know, uh, you know, like Tyus and them said and stuff like that, you know, I'm just glad my teammates were behind me, uh, you know, really wished the best for me. And, uh, uh, I still make jokes to Taj about every day about how he saw me in this crazy car wreck and just kept driving to the airport. He didn't want to get a fine or something to try and help me out. So, uh, and you know, it's just funny. It's all funny games. It's, it's I told Kurt this many times. It's all good to make jokes when you uh, when no one gets hurt. So it's uh, it's pretty uh, it's, yeah, it's fun. Carl, what what made you want to get on the flight to New York after such a crazy experience there? Man, I um, I went, you know, got in the wreck and everything. Um, you know, I didn't want to. Um, when uh, they asked me, you know, we're going to bring ambulance for you to take you to the hospital and stuff. I I just didn't want to make that big of a scene and anything like that, especially being on highway and everything like that and status so I didn't want to do that I just admin took myself you know found a way to take a alternate route to the hospital got admitted right away uh you know got checked out was there for some hours and then uh you know um as soon as they gave me the green light you know the first thing you know uh they say hey you know you gotta really take it easy and stuff like that I just said yeah great doc you know appreciate you and as soon as I left I called the wolves and said yo what's the latest flight I could get out so so found out the latest flight, um, found a way to get to my teammates. You know, I just, you know, 
regardless of what was going to happen, um, I wanted to be there for my teammates. You know, it's uh, I'm not a guy to stay back and watch them work. You know, I want to be there in person. I want to, I want to, you know, high five them coming off the court. I want to scream for them. I want to do everything I possibly can to be, like I said, the best cheerleader I could be for them, even if I can't participate. So um, it was just more being there in person. I wanted to be there with my troops. I wanted to be there with my coaches. I wanted to, you know, do everything I can other than put the basket, uh, the ball in the basket. So um, it just meant a lot to me to be there for my teammates, regardless what happens. You know, I actually planned on playing in New York, so that was the plan to play. Um, But, uh, you know, obviously, you know, got to take my health into more consideration than that. Was that protocol, was that kind of a precautionary thing just because of what you've been through, or were you showing signs that, that the doctor felt needed to be taken a look at? I think it was both. You know, I, I, I didn't have one, but I did have symptoms and signs of it, so kind of, you know, I guess the, you know, the Wolves wanted to be safe and sorry with me. Me, on the other hand, I throw caution to the wayside. <laughs> I, I've been doing it for however many games I've played in a row and for the last four years and playing everyone, so... I've never really cared about my body. I've always cared about being available for my teammates. So, um, you know, it was very weird to be out there. I haven't missed a game in a long, long time. After an experience like that, what's harder, the physical recovery or the emotional recovery? I'm a goofball. I don't really look at that emotionally and be like, you know, people have come to me, you know, you need this, you know, it's okay to get help and stuff. I really act like it was another day that day. You know, I never really looked at it any other way. Uh, Physically, uh, you know, obviously, yeah, you know, there's things that, uh, I mean, I'm not too badly injured, you know, I can't walk and talk and do all that stuff, you know, obviously, uh, uh, obviously everyone knows the concussion protocol, there was other things as well that I had to get fixed up, you know, fixed and checked up on, but, uh, um, and still have, but uh, it's cool, it's, I'm, I'm good, I'm good, I've always, I'm always a guy, I've always been like this, where I never really want people to worry about me, so, you know, the first thing I wanted to do was, like, like when it happened, I just didn't want my teammates to know. I just wanted them to think that I had a personal matter I had to go take care of, and I didn't want them to know. I wanted them to be focused on the game, so I made sure I told the Wolves that. Uh, obviously, it trickled down to the teammates, you know, how uh, what happened and stuff. So, um, you know, I'm just, like I said, I'm just happy to be alive. I'm happy to be here talking. Got to see my, uh, played in New York. I got to see my family, the little kids and everything. So uh, it's always good to see them. With, uh, with everything you played through, it kind of makes sense. It was going to take a car accident, I guess, for that. I mean, a car would have been different, but it was like a semi-truck. Sure. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know, you talk about Boogie Cousins, you talk about Pekovic, you talk about all these guys. Nah, it just took an actual truck to stop me a little bit. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm, just, I'm just blessed, you know. I'm blessed that I've been able to be on the court and be able to be safe and you know, and all in all, like, you know, I said, if I'm going to leave a car accident like that, crazy wreck like that, with what I got, I'm very, very happy with those results. You say goofball, but I mean, what was it like calling mom and dad to say, hey, I'm on my way to the hospital? You know, that was the toughest part. That was the toughest part, knowing my mom, too, you know. Um, I physically couldn't do it. I didn't want to, I, I, like I said, I don't like when people worry about me. I like to, you know, I live in the shadows. I like always make sure I take everything, no, no one see what I'm going through. Smile a lot, cover a lot of pain through the smile mostly, most of the time. So, um, you know, it was, that was hard for me. I actually, I physically couldn't do it. So I, I actually texted them and just <laughs> let them know I, I couldn't do it. Oh, by the way. Yeah, oh, by the way, yeah. So, um it it was hard. I I knew how bad it was. I mean, I knew how they would feel and react to it. Um, 
the only person I did call was my sister, and I called her and told her because my mom and dad, they broke down and everything. They didn't know how bad it was. They didn't know. I called my sister and let her hear my voice and um, told her what happened and everything, and she thought I was playing. So she was like, get off my phone, and she hung up on me. So I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> and then come to find out, it was actually very, very serious, and she was, uh, she was, uh, my sister's always been like the rock to me. She's been my best friend, so um, she was just making sure, you know, it's funny, the first thing they all asked, my sister asked me was, so you're going to miss the game in New York? <laughs> so I said, oh, yeah, that's what we're worried about? Good, good, good. So uh, everyone just knows how my mindset is, especially my family, you know. It doesn't matter what happens in my life. It doesn't matter how severe or whatever, as long as uh, my only worry is about being there for my teammates. So that was the first thing she said, and I knew why she said it. It wasn't she didn't care about me, but she just knows my mentality is always about being out there for my teammates, being out there for my guys, my troops, my brothers, and uh you know, going out there and competing with them and going to war with them every night. Towns also said that last Thursday was a reminder to always wear your seatbelt, that he's convinced wearing a seatbelt either prevented him from serious injury or even saved him from dying. Carl Anthony Towns, after being involved in a serious wreckage on Thursday near downtown Minneapolis, but back on the court Monday night against Sacramento. Cup all their notes before we call it a podcast. The Athletic reports that Calgary, the Flames were close to acquiring Jason Zucker at today's trade deadline, but something fell through last second. So there were a number of teams that inquired on Zucker. I'm just telling you, keep an eye on Zucker trade talk come draft time into the summer. I would not be surprised if he eventually gets moved at some point this calendar year. On the Twins front, nothing cooking on Dallas Keuchel, nothing cooking on Craig Kimbrell. I keep getting asked mostly about those guys. Nothing going on when it comes to the Twins on those two fronts. I think both would have to come down term and money-wise for the Twins to even be in the conversation. I don't think that they like the idea of investing long-term in Dallas Keuchel. I do, but they don't. So I'm just telling you, I would not bet on either ending up with the Twins right now unless both come down greatly from the number that they're currently at. All right, that does it. Scoop Podcast episode 206. We are done. We'll be back later in the week. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.